When you are in a severely difficult conditions, some magic happens to you. Hello, and welcome to the Anxious and Ambitious podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm on a mission to change the way that we think about anxiety. Oftentimes, it can feel like anxiety can get in the way of our ambitions, and I'm here to tell a different story. In each episode, we'll explore how we can manage our anxiety, heal our nervous system, and conquer our fears so we can shine as our most authentic self, go after our biggest dreams, and achieve our greatest ambitions. You'll hear stories from people who have been there themselves and strategies from experts who can help you thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I'm joined by Magdalena Tatarchevska. Magda is an entrepreneur, ICF certified coach, a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and an emotional intelligence analyst. With over 10 years of business and leadership experience in the technology space, And she now uses spiritual science, astrology, and human design to help individuals become more fulfilled in their work and life. Thank you very much, Nicole, for the invitation. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to dive into this conversation, and I have a lot of questions for you. But I'd really love to start off by hearing a little bit more about your personal experience, your journey, being this anxious and ambitious woman. Yeah, so probably the first story that I could um, evoke would be um, connected with the primary school. So at the primary school, I remember that I was always like very ambitious. I wanted to have like the best notes and be at least like in top five in a way when it comes to notes and students. And I remember that I started suffering um, with math. So in the end, I was like so anxious, like each time the exam time was approaching, I was like feeling, you know, kind of weird. And I remember even crying and like really exaggerating every, every single situation, basically, because even if we were doing exercises and all of a sudden I had the trouble, I was like, oh my gosh, there will be exam like two, three days, you know, so I will definitely fail. And I started like really painting those very negative pictures. Um, So this is probably the time that I remember that uh, I was really in trouble for a while and then my parents actually brought me to the psychologist because they were like okay she's like really confident with everything except for math so it was a little bit strange (laughs) and uh, at the time I remember like I got really nice support from a lady that was like talking with me and she was asking me to paint certain pictures that I would like to see myself happy and positive and I remember that she was also like playing some meditations that at the time I had no idea what she was doing, but I was really enjoying it. And each time I was like leaving uh, her office, I was feeling like so light and very cheerful and very much like happy to go to school. And uh, the results were amazing. Actually, she helped me to actually turn this anxiety into something that I was really enjoying. So I started doing additional uh, exercises and I started actually having great notes. So I think I arrived to the point that I was like top maybe five in the class when it comes to to the notes from math. So that was just amazing. I mean, in the end, I haven't uh, done any finance studies, anything like this, but I mean, I'm still in business, so I'm not afraid of of numbers anymore. So this is, this is great. Wow. That's awesome. I love that you, you know, you worked with a therapist and helped to overcome that and went from it being something that caused you anxiety to something that you were able to thrive at. And when you were doing all of this work, did you come to any conclusions as to why you had that anxiety around math? Uh, I think that it was like one of those things that uh, were probably requiring like very high focus. And maybe at that time, I was like struggling a little bit, like with staying, you know, present and focus on certain things and be like precise. So anything else was like way easier when when I think about other subjects. Uh, So I was like very impatient. Uh, Actually, there is no other reason why I would think of having this kind of anxiety. I think it was related with my focus and at that time inability to be like really present the moment to like focus be quiet and patient with myself yeah 
Yeah, I think that's a great understanding of it. I think for any anxiety, it's really our inability to be in the present moment. We're worried about something. And the reason I asked is just because I find a lot of us, we have that stress around school. And I think for many of us, that stress around math in particular is common. So I was just curious if there was any interconnection there, but that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, with the time, I also understood that I have, I would say, other talents. So I'm like, okay, with numbers. However, even from the astrology, I understood that uh, the softer skills are more of my strength. So not necessarily math in this case. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so now I understand that. I wish I, I also had those things earlier, you know, at some point when I was still a teenager. Uh, however, like, of course, like even with Excel sheets, I, I've been doing things, of course, like even being the corporate. Now I also do my calculations in the Excel sheet. But with the time, now I understand why I do not necessarily enjoy those things so much. Being in tables for like, I don't know, several hours a day. Now I don't do that. But in the past, there were also times that I've been spending like loads of times doing certain calculations, being in tables. <laughs> and uh, really spiritual work helped me to understand that this is not uh, this is nothing I, I, I probably am, am amazing at, I would say. This, those are not my core talents, yeah, when it comes to this kind of um, calculations and, and anything that is kind of finance related. Right. It wasn't really your zone of genius. Yeah, exactly. And so now you've shifted into more doing coaching, and I love how you integrate this spirituality into your coaching. So when did you first discover, you know, astrology, human design and all of that? Mm -hmm. So I've been interested in astrology uh, for like a few years, so easily four or five years. However, I started diving deeper into that probably like three years ago. So I started with astrology and I wanted to really understand, okay, my sun is in cancer, my moon is in Pisces, then I have my ascendant in Scorpio. Okay. And this is this grand trend. So this means like this kind of watery, uh, I would say talent that is related to, I mean, connected with intuition, with soft skills, with emotional intelligence. Um, but there is way more. <laughs> so this is just a little piece of what you can get, what you can understand from astrology for yourself. So then I wanted to understand, okay, wow. So this is just a little piece. Let me understand more. And then once I understood that this really makes sense, I started learning more and more. And then I thought, okay, so I can actually incorporate it into my method methodology and uh, help my clients to kind of uh, understand their talents, what they are great at. Uh, there is certain aspect in the birth charts that can even help people to understand what a kind of career potentially they should I mean they can have because there's no mass for anything but potentially according to astrology uh, what kind of access what kind of energy they have you know in a way they can use it more on a day-to-day -day. and this is also related to what potentially uh, I would say environment or like society needs from them so there there is actually many things uh, in astrology that, that can help people in their careers but not only in careers because this is related like the confidence like with identity uh with anything that really we can use on a day-to-day -day, and it can be relationships just just functioning in a comfortable way on a day-to-day yeah, totally. I mean, understanding more about my own personal astrology as well as my human design, I know has been huge for me in not only navigating my anxieties, but mainly like gaining clarity around my ambitions. Like, is this thing actually aligned with who I am as a human? Mm -hmm. And so how does this whole human design and astrology play into your work as a transformation coach? Mm hmm. So I have my programs. I mean, for now I have two. Uh, so the first one is uh, like actually focus around career transformation. And the second one is more like embrace real wild you. So it's more like, okay, just get to understand yourself a little bit better so that you can thrive in your life and be authentic and re enjoy yourself in a way, you know, because sometimes people may may struggle a little bit in life because they feel that if they show their real face to the world that won't be really accepted you know and they will be rejected or like called weird 
or maybe not invited anymore to certain circles, right? Or like invited for dinner, etc. Uh, so I use astrology and human design in the first part of my program. And this is more about self-discovery and really uh, gaining this confidence uh, before actually we go to any action steps. Because like sometimes people want action immediately, but it's like imagining like doing something without a solid foundation, right? So the solid foundation is actually your identity, your your you at your core, your talents, your strengths. Uh, so this was really mind blowing for me. Like when I discovered like actually things about myself, this just makes so much sense. And yes, oftentimes, even the corporate, I feel like I was surrounded by hyper, some, some of the people were hyper rational. And sometimes I felt like this is not really my movie in a way. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I wanted to like elaborate a little bit more on things and everything was like kind of very factual, very like extremely data driven, which of course we need that data. I mean, like if you are working in sales, this is important, but sometimes I was just sensing, okay, maybe this is not quite my movie in a way that I felt a little different. And then I understood, yes, actually my core strengths are soft skills, emotional intelligence, intuition. So anything that is like spirituality, coaching, um, working with people's issues like anxiety, lack of confidence, etc. This is actually something that potentially I am very much equipped to do so. Yeah, to help them with those things. Yeah, yeah. And that journey of self-discovery is so important so that, like you said, you can know what those things are that you are meant to do and that you thrive best in. So I love that that's been a big part of your journey. And I'm curious, what is your human design? So I'm a generator. (laughs) Okay. And this is so accurate, so accurate, but no one's, uh, no one's, I would say like this authority is head in a way, right? Because Okay, my head centers are open. Um, so even if someone uh, like has this kind of more dominating time, so it's like a manifester, right? So we should manifest in life and tell people what they should do. Even for them, like really head is not um, like an authority to take decisions. So uh, for me, this is like sacral. So this is pretty much this feeling that I have in the moment. And it's so accurate because I know in the moment that if something will work for me or not, or maybe the connection with certain person will be great, or maybe not necessarily, maybe this is just something like that we are seeing each other once or maybe twice, and that's it. There will be no cooperation, no further, I don't know, engagement. Um, So it is extremely accurate and uh, it's just a confirmation that, yes, I shouldn't be taking um, decisions mentally in a way. So my head, my mind, it's like a body that can help me in, uh, in this process of taking decisions, but not the main, I would say, a decision maker. Yeah, I think that's so interesting that you mentioned that most of our designs don't use our head for decision making, because of course, that's what most of us try to use when we're going to make decisions most of the time, right? We do it on logic. But I know you said you're a sacral authority. And for me, I'm a splenic authority. And so I think it's really important that we learn to get into our bodies. And I know this whole discussion about like authorities and the different types, like what's a generator? These might be some questions that some listeners are asking if if they're not that familiar with human design. So Mm -hmm. I'd love if you could give like a brief rundown on what human design is and how it really ties into your coaching work. Mm Mm-hmm. So human design is um, is an experiment, right? So it's nothing really scientifically proven. And it's a mixture of very various things, uh, genetics, Kabbalah, aging, astrology, etc. And it's based on this like situation that uh, Robert uh, Krakower had on Ibiza. So this kind of, let's say, a vision. Um, and... Starting human design, I knew that it's an experiment, right? So it may work or not, but I just had this sensation in my chest that I just want to try it out because I heard from other people that it actually makes sense. And it just helps you to understand how can you operate in life so that you don't hit this wall, that you are not like 
you know, <laughs> that your life is not that in a way difficult and you are like kind of struggling and you are trying to do things and it's not really working, but like everything is a little smoother. And uh, so, of course, I tested this first on, on myself, then also on other people in my close circle. And I actually, I found it really mind blowing because it was so, so accurate. So even for me, like, yes, I have my head centers open, which means that sometimes I may struggle a little bit because all of a sudden I may have like so many ideas and uh, maybe I may lose focus all of a sudden if I'm like in a meeting that it's not so interesting, um, it may happen. But, um, but normally everything is very, very accurate. Yeah, I think it's awesome that you have, you know, discovered human design, not only for yourself, but also help your clients with it. Because I know for me, when I first discovered human design, it was almost like a bell went off in my head, like, oh my gosh, there was this whole side of myself that I didn't understand before. And when you can start to understand your human design and work alongside it, then I found it's really changed the energy of my life. Like I find that these types really say um, how your energy is best suited to work in the world. And when mm-hmm. you can work more in alignment with your type, then it creates so much more flow. Do you find that? Yes, that's that's for sure. Because like I know that my head is not here to take decisions. It's just like a body that may support me in this process. On the other hand, my sacral, I know that my intuition and like my, this, this gut feeling is actually so strong and so accurate that I shouldn't uh, really ignore it. And I already got like so many signs and so many situations that it really confirmed that it's uh, my main decision maker. <laughs> so it's just like another proof for like, yes, listen to your intuition. And uh, maybe sometimes you can do a calculation and rationally, mentally analyzing this, maybe something doesn't make sense, but if your gut feeling is telling you to, to go for it, and maybe the risk is not extremely huge, just listen to your inner voice. So I already got like lots of uh, confirmation for that. And also I even, I don't know, I have some projectors in my environment. So <laughs> the typical uh, strategy waiting for the invitation can be very accurate in some of the situations. So people, yes, people who are projectors, uh, oftentimes, uh, don't take that much of this initiative. They are more or less like kind of uh, networking a lot and really collaborating with others so that they will appreciate what they are doing and then they will be invited to certain things that will be actually um, even game changers for them in a way. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I think a lot of the time our traditional advice around like success and ambition is if you dream the thing, go and make it happen. But when you start to learn more about human design, some of these different types, that isn't really their strategy, right? Like you mentioned projector, which is actually my strategy and or my type. And so um, underneath projector, you know, this waiting for invitation has been something that I've had to learn, but at the same time, it's made a big impact in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, like astrology is more like, okay, so what kind of energy do you have available for yourself? And human design is more about the system. So more about, about the how, and once you integrate the two, like for me, it was, it was just amazing discovery because then I understood, okay, like I have so much water in my, in my charts, it's a water and also fire. So this is all about intuition, about like feelings, about helping people mentally and then fire it's more like okay taking action taking bold decisions uh going for what you believe in in a way and being a solopreneur yes it requires courage and it requires like going into unknown because you are not anymore like with hundreds of people that you can take decisions together and you know like no like you are alone and you have to take decisions on your own and trust your intuition uh, every day you can kind of create something new every day you can go in a different direction and uh, I feel like I'm using all of those trends right now definitely 
Mm, that's beautiful. And you're so right. It does take a lot of courage to be a solo entrepreneur and even to break into the entrepreneurial space in general. And so when did you first start um, shifting into your work as a transformation coach? Mm -hmm. So I started last year, uh, I would say that was in July, but like officially I moved more into solopreneurship this year. Uh, it was like I was studying and I was like, okay, having clients, but taking clients gradually because I also knew that I need time to, let's say, learn all of it, right? So my neuro-linguistic programming um, certifications, also coaching certifications. Uh, I was also learning Spanish because I'm based in Spain. So I thought like, okay, this is finally a time for me to get to the higher level. Uh, I'm doing still my driving license. I was like studying uh, theory. So there's been so much studies in the last uh, year and a half. <laughs> I've been studying a lot. And then I, yeah, I created my, my company this year. Mm, so yeah, it is, it, is a, it is a journey because comparing to the previous, I think, nine years working full-time, uh, firstly for small enterprises and then transitioning into uh, let's say more serious roles, like even manager role. Um, I started working for like bigger and bigger companies. So that was all um, a process. And now, yes, I'm a solopreneur. So that's, that's very different. And um, honestly speaking, yes, I haven't imagined that there's so many things that you have to do. And it's like, you're just one person. Of course, with the time, once you are growing, then you can maybe have your VA and also other support. Um, but this, this will come next, I believe. Yeah. Well, that's so exciting that you're, you know, full in on your business now doing this solopreneur work, helping people to transform their lives. And I imagine that a lot of emotions must've came up as you first started this work, because like you said, there's a lot on your plate. So how was it navigating, I guess, the anxiety around taking this leap to becoming a solopreneur? Mm -hmm. So definitely what helped me uh, build this confidence was astrology and human design mainly. Also, once I was uh, really preparing myself for like a serious coaching accreditation, which I, I passed all of the exams last year, at the end of last year, it, it's very interesting because once you become a coach, and you're coaching other people, you're also becoming stronger because you are there to support them. So once you coach people, so coaching is pretty much like it's a thought-provoking process and it's not mentoring because you're basically asking questions that are smart in the way so people will get to their answers, right? You're also becoming stronger and you are learning a lot throughout this process and you are learning a lot about yourself. And all of a sudden, you just, you have this coach hat, right? So automatically, I would say you're becoming a bit like more responsible. So now you're helping people. And of course, you cannot pour from the empty cup. So you have to be strong yourself in a way. And what supported me throughout this process? Definitely meditations, definitely eating healthier. So for like a year and a half already, I think I've been eating way healthier. So I don't eat that much carbs. I uh, ditched meat uh, this year, so I'm not eating meat and I have more energy. So this definitely serves me well and any type of like alcohol, this is definitely reduced a lot so that I have energy and I can be also in a good mental health. Uh, journaling also helps. I think I will restart my journaling and this is also what I suggest to my clients, uh, especially for people with depressive tendencies. They, I, I would definitely suggest to journal every day, even if it's like two, three sentences before going to sleep, or it can be early in the morning. And for people who really suffer from depression, I would even suggest to, to journal every day, uh, like in a properly. So in a way, like even to write up to one page full, no matter what, even if it's going to take like half an hour, 40 minutes, just like write everything so that you can have all of those thoughts out on the surface and see what is actually happening in your head, why you're feeling frust this frustration, why you're feeling sad or anxious about something that maybe you don't know. Yeah, that's great advice. And I love that you, you really highlight this idea 
of taking care of yourself first, because you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So I love that you're really leading by example and doing all these things that you also teach your clients Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, like, even if I could just paint it now, it's not only like all of this well-being and preventing yourself from anxiety, burnout. It's not only hours that you are working. It's not only, let's say, prioritization that, of course, you want to avoid this overwhelm, right? Because Sometimes people say, oh, I, I've been actually working nine hours every day from Monday to Friday. But oftentimes, let's say people are so overwhelmed all the time. And this creates this anxiety because all of a sudden you have four notifications. You don't know really how to prioritize your things. So assertiveness is extremely important in that because there are things that are urgent, things that are important, and things that maybe can be done uh, at the end of the week. And for other things, maybe you just have to simply say to people that, sorry, but for that, I don't have capacity this week. So we also have to be assertive in a way to say no to certain things. I always say that. Uh, And apart from those mental things, there's, of course, like this emotional states, right, that we have to be, uh, first of all, we have to really be aware of those emotions. Because years back, I thought that this is something obvious, that everyone knows why she or he feels the certain way but then from from emotional intelligence i discovered that not everyone is really aware of those emotions right because i was always aware why i feel this certain way but it's not the case for everyone so journaling is is great to, to in order to understand what is happening in in us in that moment and uh, breaking states is also amazing because if all of a sudden we feel this is kind of negative or like unwanted emotions, we should physically really change the state. So like really go out, make ourselves a cup of tea, cup of coffee. Uh, if we can do a short meditation, that would be amazing. Even like five, 10 minutes meditation, closing our eyes, being like in this present moment, right? So not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future, but just really focusing on the on the breath in a way so that that would be something that I definitely suggest and yeah and there is this physical part that I mentioned the diet the sleep and um, and what else and the spiritual which is like an extra and uh, it's not it's not the case that we always talk about the spiritual sphere but in order to be kind of keeping ourselves balanced in this holistic way there are very different dimensions of us that can help us, you know, prevent from this burnout or like having this anxiety that sometimes is caused by this balance between the between those spheres. Right. I love how you take this integrated approach to really help people create that internal balance. You're of course helping people to achieve their goals, but it sounds like a lot of the work you do is actually internal work that helps them to achieve these external goals. And when I was looking on your website, one of the quotes that really stood out to me that you have on there is when you change on the inside, your reality on the outside changes. And so I'd love to hear from you a little bit more about why you feel like this inner work is so important in achieving our successes in the outer world. Yeah, definitely. Because even if I think about myself, um, years back when I was like pretty anxious at work, I was like in the corporate environment that uh became a little toxic at some point i would say i mean this is like a mirror so wherever we have inside at that moment we see outside so even people we are meeting those can be also anxious people those can be people with problems because we kind of vibrate on a similar level you know it's the energies the vibration and now i uh i'm definitely a different person also people who would approach me now those are people with a really great mission in life. Uh, those are people usually that they already work on themselves. They've been through their lessons. So I also see this, this on the outside. And even if I think about like other people, maybe in my environment, they also change and they say the same things that, you know, like I cannot maybe deal with certain people from the past that got stuck at certain level because we are such different people right now. So it definitely, it's like a mirror. <laughs> Everything pretty much what we have in life, it's, uh, it's just reflecting our uh, insights. 
Mm, Yeah. I love that analogy of it being like a mirror because it is so true. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever you're experiencing in your internal world is just reflected in the external world. And so what do you feel like? I mean, I'm sure there's a variety of different challenges that your clients come to you with, but what do you feel like is the number one obstacle that you have to help your clients overcome that kind of tends to stand in the way of them being able to achieve their ambitions? Mm -hmm. So oftentimes people go through this pain of, yes, there's lots of this uh, not being good enough. So this imposter syndrome, people, maybe some of them, like they got stuck at certain uh, level in their company. For example, they were told that, I mean, okay, they are like good employees, but not like great ones. So maybe in a way that they give up and they just stay in that job, not really believing that they can achieve something greater in life or that they can even create their company. That would be something absolutely out of their (laughs) possibilities, you know? So they would just really not believe in themselves with this strong imposter syndrome. And so then we go through this work this inner work like astrology, human design, let them understand their system. We also do uh, work around values. Uh, so we also connect with, okay, so what are your core values so that you can know why you always feel elevated when you do this thing and you feel super down when you do something else. Or for example, if someone's, uh, one of the core values is authenticity and the person works in the corporate, that maybe there's not so much authenticity in the environment because there's so much politics and that the person doesn't feel, feel that it's his or her movie in a way, then probably this is not the environment for this person. Like creativity, right? If someone's, one of the core values is creativity, maybe this person should think about, let's say, having like, I don't know, an extra job, just, you know, get involved in extra project. And it's not about leaving the job from one day to another, but it's like really step by step getting closer to this dream career, dream job in a way. So it doesn't need to be like a fast process. It can be gradual process, but I believe that people need to be living accordingly to their true selves if they want to really thrive in life and be be happy. Because I, I just imagine that this kind of being living on autopilot that is just, uh, I would say, connected to, to the mind, right? So this is not really connected to the heart, like and the intuition and, and the soul, but more like kind of rational thinking, what I should be doing, what everyone says that's gonna bring me a good salary, I don't know, 2023. This is all like ego thing, right? So what the ego says, where you should be, what others say. And uh, this is pretty much misaligned with what the person really feels inside, right? So I believe those people sooner or later will maybe get to the burnout stage, maybe will get to the point that they will be regretting like, maybe changing like career very drastically all of the sudden in their 50s. And of course, I really support people who do those things. But if someone may change change his career earlier, that would be probably better. Yeah, I think that's, that's a, I mean, that speaks volumes to the importance of this work that you're doing with helping your clients with self-discovery on the way to that transformation. Because I think for a lot of us, when we have these big ambitions, like you said earlier, we want that action, right? We want like the fast results. We want to get to that place. But yeah, but without doing that self-discovery, you can end up being misaligned with your ambitions so that even if you reach it, like you said, sometimes you burn out or you can't really enjoy the fulfillment of it. Mm -hmm. And there is also loads of limiting beliefs. We all have them, right? So This is all programmed in our unconscious mind. And we have, like, I also have that. Uh, I come from Poland. So, for example, the the money aspect is a little bit of a taboo, right? So people don't talk much about how how much they make because there's lots of jealousy, I would say, in relation to money making. Uh, So I was not, I didn't realize that, but I also had some, uh, I had some limiting beliefs in regards to, to money. Uh, I think I'm like, I'm definitely working on it and I'm becoming better and better, but we still have certain things that we may not realize, you know, immediately. And then we experience something, we go through certain thing and then we are discovering, oh, actually, you know, this is just my limiting belief and that's not really the reality. So I also uh, use NLP. So this is neuro-linguistic programming and we work with 
senses. So each of those, let's say, limiting beliefs has a certain um, root, right? So we ideally come back to situation or situations from the past and we try to reprogram those negative images. I don't know, maybe the person heard something very negative, like a feedback or maybe experienced something so heard, felt. We try to replace it with the positive one. So uh, this kind of bad memory vanishes forever. That has been kind of programmed in the unconscious mind that we are normally not controlling on a day-to-day. So I also use this. And uh, hypnotherapy is definitely also on my list (laughs) for the future. I would like to also get into those things. Yeah, hypnotherapy is awesome. And and I love NLP as well. I think any of this work that allows you to get into the subconscious and really rewire those beliefs can be hugely impactful for being able to achieve your dreams. So I know you mentioned a little bit about neuro-linguistic programming, but how are some ways that you integrate this into your work as a coach with your clients? Mm-hmm. So, um, so always like at the beginning, we have this um, self-discovery part where we talk about like talents, trends, etc. Then we uh, set goals. So once we are like kind of ready, we have this foundation work done, we move into action. And some people, as I said before, they want to go into action immediately, but <laughs> I'm not a fan of that because I want to have like a solid foundation before we move into action. And then, yes, let's go. Uh, so then once we uh, define those goals and we are working on them, this is the, the moment when we start seeing, okay, those limiting beliefs. And of course, I'm a coach. So I ask questions um, and then we kind of finding out what's in the way, what's in the way to, in order to achieve certain goals. And then we see, okay, maybe this is my mindset. Maybe this is this uh, imposter syndrome. Maybe there is this perfectionism thing that sometimes people have. I don't have it, fortunately. (laughs) I'm not a perfectionist. So then we work on that because maybe something happened in the past. I don't know, someone uh, got like a very bad feedback in school or like maybe parents were extremely into perfection. So then the person thinks that I cannot start anything until I'm perfect in something or until I have this perfect idea or strategy for my business or like this perfect logo for my website. (laughs) And this doesn't exist, at least to me, in business, there's no such thing as perfectionism. I can imagine if someone is a brain surgeon or a scientist and is like creating some kind of important medicine, there is certain procedure to follow and this requires perfection but in business honestly speaking I don't think that such thing uh, exists as perfection so then I use this NLP in order to reprogram rewire those negative programs that emerged uh, yeah most likely most of the cases during childhood Mm. and then we move on because and I know that people want to go fast but (laughs) But uh, without rewriting those kind of negative beliefs, we can, I don't know, we can work for like nine months and we won't do much because those things will be overlooked. And of course, we can pretend it's not doesn't exist, but it does. So better to work on it. You're so right. And I, I really love that you highlight that with your clients. And one way that I like to think about this, because I'm definitely one of those people who wishes that I could just run to the finish line instead of doing all of the past work. But one thing that has helped me to really embody this work is the analogy of like Google Maps. If you were on Google Maps and you wanted to get somewhere, you wouldn't just punch in the destination without punching in your starting point because it's not going to send you the appropriate route, right? And I think it's the same thing with business and with life. We really have to get clear on what our starting point is that we can get clear on like what those steps that we need to take are to really close that gap between us and our dreams. Mm -hmm. And also allow ourselves for the experimentation, especially for people who are creating their business. Because even like on my website right now, I call myself transformational coach. But then at the time I understood that this is more of a career and mindset coach because I, uh, those are the spheres that I mainly work with. It's like we can, we can definitely, we should give ourselves permission to play a little bit with those things. How we name ourselves. I don't know, like, okay, I'm phoenixcoaching.co, but maybe in two years, I will realize that I want to create a different brand for myself that will resonate more with who I am at this time. So let's say in 20. Uh, 24 right and maybe my work will also uh, evolve and change a little bit 
I will give myself permission to do so. I think that like we are free and we have to start with something. And yes, get into action, get some foundation work. But uh, I, I would say one of the greatest enemies of people, and there's lots of like talented people who would like to create their own businesses, is this, first of all, perfectionism. And the second thing, this imposter syndrome. Also for some people, it's di- difficult to start from zero again because they arrive um, kind of here in the corporate, for example, and they are like managers. They have their teams. They are known, you know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah, they have to start from zero again. But if at some point they are not happy anymore in their career, and this is definitely impacting their private life, because if I think about myself at the time when I started suffering more in my career, I was like also pretty grumpy. I was probably sometimes not that nice to my boyfriend, to my maybe friends. I'm not sure, but it, usually the closest, right, suffer uh, uh, the most. <laughs> so this is how it works. Uh, it, it does impact our life like the career, that impact. Maybe some people, maybe they are not really showing that much of that, but majority, yeah, they, they actually uh, also spread this, those emotions on others. Yeah, that's such a good point. We do. We, we carry that around with us and it impacts the environment around us. And I really love how you said you give yourself permission to play because I think for a lot of us who are anxious and ambitious, this perfectionism is a common trend that I've seen, like just amongst guests and even amongst mm-hmm. people that I listen to who listen. And so I love that you, you know, talk about this idea of using that permission to play to overcome perfectionism and get past imposter syndrome. And I think your image of a phoenix on your website really speaks loudly to this work that you're doing as a coach. So can you share a little bit more about what led you to choose Phoenix Coaching as your branding? Yes. So I've been through many transformations in life. Okay. So I spoke a little bit in my struggles with math in the primary school, but really like one of the breaking points in my life was when I was 16 and we had this huge car accident with my family. So at that point, I really lost my consciousness. I, uh, I was really close from the wheelchair because my cervical bone broke. So this, that was like really kind of neck part of my, of my spine. And uh, fortunately, everything was okay in the end. I was like wearing this uh, orthopedic collar for a while. I also spent like a month on the, on the hospital bed, but uh, <laughs> this, n- nothing in the end like happened. So I was like very lucky. However, I, I was really close from disability, which was, I mean, huge. Uh, so that was the moment that I really uh, thought through my actions, you know, how I was living my life. And yes, I was definitely this very serious teenager that was like paying so much attention to, uh, to school tests and exams and everything. And I was playing tennis at that time, like as a junior tennis, tennis player. So pretty much three times a week or like two times a week, but it was, it was pretty intense. And after that accident, I just realized that, okay, I'm 16 and I don't think I'm enjoying life enough because I remember myself being like really angry with the kids because they were like silly and goofy. And I was thinking like, what are they doing? You know, and I just found it like really a nonsense. And then I just realized that I'm too serious. It's not that they are silly. I'm too serious. And it just brought me this realization. Yes. Enjoy your life a little bit more because I was a little, a little too serious, not like really enjoying uh, enough in my life. So. That was the first transformation. And I had another transformation in 2020. That was at the time when pandemic started. I was in Tanzania climbing the highest uh, mountain of Africa, Kilimanjaro. So yes, we all arrived to the top and it was amazing. I had this realization at that time that I definitely need uh, a change in my career. You know, like when you walk, when you are in a severely difficult conditions, some magic happens to you. I don't know how to describe it, but you are so uncomfortable. At some point, I was like so cold and so tired and we're like sleeping in tents, right? So that there was no fancy hotels or like bungalows, anything like this, that I just had this realization that I really need like a big change in my life. So uh, I, I just thought like, yes, let me do some work once I'm back to Barcelona. Um, and I, I already ha- had those thoughts about becoming a coach, also maybe psychologist, those kind of things, because 
I sense that I want to help people psychologically. And after I came back from that trip, which wasn't, it wasn't easy at all to come back to Barcelona because they, <laughs> my, three of my flights uh, got canceled and eventually uh, it worked out, I think, for the fourth time. <laughs> so imagine when everything started, I was in Africa, right? I was in Tanzania. Yeah, so it was it, like, it was a big, that was a huge adventure. Everything was an adventure. I had this realization that I have to work uh, on my next uh, career move. And then this idea emerged of becoming a professional coach. I was already coaching people in the corporate, but that's a little bit different. Um, so I, I definitely experienced this pure coaching once I was like out of the, the corporate. Um, so yes, Phoenix is related with transformation. And another confirmation for like how I should call my business came out from astrology work. So uh, I have lots of Scorpio energy in my chart. Uh, I also have planet Pluto directly uh, in the house, the first house. So that's the house of identity self in Scorpio. And then I kind of thought, okay, like what I want to provide to people. And my first thought was transformation. Okay. Thinking about your astrology energy and your potential, what's standing out? Scorpio energy. So, <laughs> so that's Pluto because actually... Uh, Pluto is ruled by Scorpio, you know, so all of this actually emerged from, from spiritual work. And even looking at my logo, I just, some people told me like, this logo looks like you. <laughs> so <laughs> perfect. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love that. There's so many different things that played into, into this idea yeah. of the Phoenix and it really does embody this idea of transformation. So I think it's, it's perfect for your coaching. Mm -hmm. And I know when we talked previously you mentioned that a little bit of anxiety was coming up in your business around this idea of doing your business, but in a language that's not your first language. And so how has that been for you? Yes, this, this is also very interesting because I started my professional career in Ireland, in Dublin, working marketing. So I was doing things only in English. Uh, sometimes I'm like actually laughing at myself because... I think that was the time when my English was really at the highest level because I was working only with native speakers, not speaking Spanglish as now because I'm based in Barcelona and we are speaking Spanglish here. Uh, so I just thought like, okay, this is how I started. And yes, and then I moved out from, from Dublin, moved to Spain uh, with all of the mix of languages. Yes, it may happen that all of a sudden, like your accent maybe changes a little bit and also your vocabulary is a little bit different, but then I know that I can definitely transform, improve if I need to. And I also had this clarity that I want to serve, uh, multinational people. I love diversity and I, would I wouldn't like to limit myself only to one country, Poland. And I have my clients from Poland and we do, of course, our coaching in Polish. But I also have clients from uh, all over the world and I really enjoy this diversity because even living in Barcelona, I think it's, this is also not a coincidence that I live in a very multicultural place. So basically there's like plenty of nations. I mean... Everyone loves Barcelona because we have this nice mixture of like being in the city. So having culture, like nice social life and also beach. And also we have mountains, not, I mean, not far from here. So everything kind of speaks for this diversity that, that I like. I mean, I've been also like studying in Germany, Netherlands. So I've been living in various countries in, in Europe and uh, I definitely want to help uh, people from all over the world. Yeah, I love that your multicultural background now plays into your business and you have this multicultural yeah. clientele base. That's awesome. And so I have one final question for you. What would you say is the number one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is anxious and ambitious? Yeah, so I would say there are two things <laughs> because we haven't spoken. I know we spoke about my accident, right? So now, each time I'm actually going for my driving lesson, lesson that is practical one. So I drive like around Barcelona. Uh, what helps me is increasing this uh, frequency of like practicing, right? 
So first of all, doing mode, so doing things. But before this doing mode, I definitely invite everyone to do this inner work, like to kind of really understand their, themselves on a deep level around values, uh, like really anything spiritual, anything that could help them to understand like their core talents, their operating system, that is, for example, human design and other things, because this increases severely, in my opinion, confidence of everyone. At least like for me, that was like, wow, I mean, this is amazing. Now I know why certain things work so well in my life and maybe why sometimes I'm like really hitting this wall and I face resistance and I really dislike certain things. It just makes so much more sense. And I'm at peace. I don't get into everything. I just get into things that I know that I enjoy and uh, I may bring value. Uh, I don't know, to those projects or, yeah. So probably those are the, the two things. Like, get to know yourself on a deep level. And the second thing, get into action mode. And definitely the biggest, the biggest enemy here is the perfectionism. Mm, yeah, I love that. Giving yourself permission to practice, permission to play, like you said earlier. And then I think that inner work just can't be overstated. Without that inner work, you can't get clarity on why you're even feeling anxious to help move through that. And you can't really get that much clarity on what these ambitions are and if they're really aligned with you. So I think mm -hmm. that importance of that inner work cannot be overstated. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. You're welcome. And so where can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, so I'm uh, present on Instagram. So that's phoenixcoaching.co. Uh, I also have a website under the same name, phoenixcoaching.co. I'm also available on LinkedIn. So that's under my full name, which is a little complicated, Magdalena Tatarczewska. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and that's it for now. I also have like a Twitter account, but it's very fresh. So I think there's almost nothing there. Awesome. And I will be sure to link all of those links in the description below. So make sure you check that out and connect with Magda. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please leave a review. It really helps to get this podcast in front of more anxious and ambitious people just like you. And we would love to hear your takeaways. So please reach out on social media and let us know what you thought of the conversation. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.